Hello, this is Black Country Blokes Chewing the Fat. Listen, listen, listen. I've been hearing a lot lately about men don't talk. But in my experience, men do talk, just people aren't listening. So it's going to be me and a group of blokes discussing our struggles and victories through life. Warning, there may be some bad language, so apologies to all the mums, especially on my own. Let's get going. <laughs> I've been here, guys. This is the Black Country Blokes Chewing the Fat about everything it is. Mental health, disability, and life in general. Here with me, Kev Dillon, and my partner in crime, as always, Lee Cabman. And we're joined once again by one of my very good friends in the game, Warren Davis, aka Was from Priory Park. So, Was, thank you for coming on. You're welcome, and thanks for having me on again, on me on this time. Well, we're going to have a good chat about the fire service, autism, and what a wonderful crowd of life you've had. But as always, we're going to talk about gratitude. Now, I'm very proud of being the Priory Park, one of our best friends and colleagues from down the road. They've done a, a donation for our brother, Patrick McCarthy. And I'm, I'm so grateful. I mean, I'm, I'm gutted I've lost Pat. But I'm so grateful for the people around us who have given to his missus and the kids. And when tragedy happens, it's amazing how many good people are out there just giving what they can, whether it's a time or love. So I'm, I'm grateful for people. What are you grateful for, brother? Oh, the the weekend I had a cracking weekend in the van uh, before closing up and um, went to watch the fireworks which uh, the family absolutely loved so yeah I'm grateful for that grateful for Robin and Lorraine for putting the fireworks on for us and yeah just a, a good weekend and what's what you're grateful for bro grateful for my wife um is she watching <laughs> probably not <laughs> I don't know I join the club be, <laughs> yeah. uh, now everything she she's done as I said, we might touch on what I've gone through, what I've done in, in my life and everything. But, um, yeah, without Tracy, my wife could have been on a completely different path, I suppose, like most of us. And she supported me pretty much through everything that um, I've done. So, yeah, grateful for my wife, Teresa. It is amazing, you know. And often, I always think about my wife, our wives, my mum, you know what I mean? And you're thinking, like, people will make a statue of Bob Dylan one day and they'll make a statue... But it's the women behind us, you know, the people, the, the quiet heroes. But without that hero, nothing else would come into tuition, would it? And they're, they're not the ones, they're happy being there in the shadows, doing everything, really. We're just the face of it, aren't we? We're allowed to be the brave ones, but they're the ones who hold all the courage, aren't they? So, yeah, I was doing the Royal Navy straight from school, and they're called ships here, yeah. and that's for a reason, because yeah. they're like the mother they're protecting her crew. So when people say, you know, ships, the name her, this and that, I go, why do they call the ship her? And that's 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 exactly the reason why. I didn't realise you were in the Navy as well. Yeah, Royal Navy, straight from, from school, mate. Um, 18, left school, pretty much not sure on what to do with my life. I was with Trace at the time then. Um, yeah, joined the Navy, 18. I was going through my basic training and within like four months, I was on my first ship, 18 was Liverpool and down the Gulf pretty much on the ship for a week and there you go six month tour down the gulf um and that's pretty much i think if i'm being honest what's um shaped me as a, as a person that 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 six months was the probably the hardest six months i've ever done in my life um but made me come back and it did make me grow up really quick i saw some <laughs> some stuff there not as in as in the gulf the gulf war and stuff um because we were just transporting 
ships through the Straits of Hormuz at the time, but being on a, on a ship with fully grown men, and I was in a mess deck that no bigger than this, you know, the room with 56 massive men full of tattoos, beards who like to drink and like to fight. It was like, <laughs> it was quite, I thought I was a tough kid coming out of school, and I realised I was like just a real small fish in a in a massive pond. So, yeah, the Royal Navy um, got a lot to be thankful for for the Royal Navy. Um, good, good days. Did you start boxing before you were in the Navy? Yeah, I boxed. I boxed from about I was doing the gym, eleven, twelve. Um, I was a, a kid. I was on and off. I had to walk all the way to Meadow Road from Gornal. Yeah. By the time I got onto Priory, I'd get chased by the Priory kids <laughs> to Meadow Road. Get in the gym, <laughs> come out, get chased again back to the, the Gornal boundary. <laughs> so every now and again, I'd miss the odd one, thinking, "Oh, I'll be asking this anymore." But uh, yeah, I was boxing before I joined the Navy. Um, and funny enough, when I joined the Navy, I actually played for the Royal Navy at football. Yeah, I got spotted in one of these sort of interhouse games and said, do you want to trial for the, the Navy next week? Had a trial. Again, everything happens so quick in the force. Within two weeks, I was being flown over to Dallas um, in some tournament we played and then played combined services for a couple of years. Um, yeah, that's good Good days. Spent two and a half years on, on a destroyer, HMS Liverpool, and then the last two years or so on HMS, HMS Arcoil, which was an aircraft carrier, which again was, it was a flagship of the Royal Navy, so it was constantly given away. I was away all the time, deployments, which at that point, when I joined, I'd, I'd got married to Teresa. And it was that point I was like, don't want to be away from home. Stick more to I've got to, you know, if I stay, if I stay any longer, you become institutionalised. Mm. Um, and I was in a mess deck with people who'd been third, fourth marriages, mm. 12 kids. <laughs> you know what it's like? I'm like, mate, that ain't, mm. that ain't my life. So, so I put me notice in and, and come out. And is that when you went into the fire service? Or? Yeah, I did a couple of years just um, applying for the fire service. And then whilst I was doing that, just getting like what I could really work, put food on the table, you know, doing job agencies and stuff. Um, I knew I was passing, going through the fire, just a waiting game. Mm. And then obviously they called me up um, in 1996 was my first day when I joined the fire service. Um, actually took a bit of a pay cut to join the fire service. I actually got myself a, a, a job that was paying paying quite well, but it, it was just a job that... Yeah, didn't interest you. No, I've, I've always been one of them. I don't think I've... I needed vocations more than I needed sort of... Mm. And a career more than I needed. I think I've been money. exactly the same, yeah. When I've took, my took, goal. took jobs before that um, I've not enjoyed and not really wanted to do, but you've got to put food on the table. Yeah. And it's never been long-lasting. I've always looked for, actually, that's where I want to be and, and work work yeah. your way towards that. Yeah. But sometimes you have to put food on the table, so you take yeah, what you're given. Yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah, my career was more important to me than sort of money. And that's where I've got to say, you know, thankful for Teresa because she sort of, like, She's really from school clever. She could have gone to university, this and that. I think if she'd have gone to university and I'd have gone to the Navy, I think possibly we're probably on different paths mm. now. But she, she stood by me, um, got herself a job in, in, in the bank. And people thought, waited for me. 
um, Quentin Ivy, and then yeah, so that you know, so I'm really thankful. That's why I said I'm thankful for Trace and the wife for that. Um, yeah, and then doing the fire service. Um, Is that alongside with your boxing? Did you got back into the boxing by then, or was you? Yeah, no, I was back. I was back at um, Prairie Park then. Um, yeah, I did about two, three years in the fire when I hurt my knee. I was boxing Macca, was my coach, yeah, Paul. Yeah. Obviously, Paul was still there. Um, but it's not the cruciate ligament, playing football. Um, I say boxing dangerous. Right, I, I, <laughs> and all I did was turn. I did tackle, a nasty tackle, anything like that. I just turned to run, and my leg went all floppy, fell to my go, and I was like, that ain't right. Um, I had that scene too, and that took about, seemed to take an age. And I was in the fire at the time. Um, and then when I was seeing the, well, obviously the, the doctor not after, they said, you need to build your legs up and that, you know, did, 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 did. I said, well, a box and a box at, you know, 59 kilograms, 60 kilograms. If you don't put no weight on and build your leg muscles up, mm. you ain't going to have a career in the fire service, pretty much. Mm. So it's like, that's when you get them, them, them choices in you. Yeah. Um, so Paul went, don't worry about it. You look, you, you'd make a great coach. Come and help me with the kids and, and, and the boxers and coaching. So that's when me, me coaching started. Um, you know, so grateful for Paul, Paul Goff for that. And the great bloke Paul is. And Macadogo, another great bloke. Yeah, Macadogo. The, the Brooklyn's yeah. now another great club from the area, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's, that's but how things happen. You know what I mean? You could have like hurt your leg and then because you haven't got the coach, I mean, because the coaching has been your backbone as long as we've known each other, hasn't it? It's yeah. something you're passionate about and you've just become the regional coach for the Midlands and brilliant, you know, what you're doing at the Pro in there with the Midlands. But things happen, you can't see it at the time, but some things happen for a reason, don't they? You know, because if your leg had gone, it's very easy to turn to the dark side, isn't it? You know, of not getting into sport and doing other stuff instead. 100%, 100%. So I say, like, the Royal Navy sort of made me, because people say, oh, boxing changes your lives. And I always think, well, boxing don't change my life. It didn't when I was a kid. But it did. Like you said later, when I had that injury, I could have gone, oh, fuck this. I've gone out on the piss with my mates, whatever, yeah. whatever. Forgot the coaching side. Because coaching side is not for everybody, is it? No. You know, it's not, is it? But it, it um, you've got to be a bit weird to do it. You give up your whole yeah. life for other people's <laughs> kids. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? At the time, there were so many kids at the gym then. It was more yeah. like youths and seniors, if I'm being honest. Yeah, 100%. Um, but then obviously it's evolved, that, evolved over the years. But yeah, it's funny how sort of things turn and 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 for the better really because I, I look back um, and i've enjoyed it and like with like the stuff that we're going to get into in a bit like with the fire service i suppose it has been like a haven away from all the stresses that comes alongside with the fire service as well it's been somewhere you can be around good people and escape from the traumas you see as, as a fireman yeah I, I agree um I've always used boxing as that sort of tool as sort of like escape from, not, not so much escape, but it's given me a way of sort of releasing, I don't know, energy or or something that's, if I ain't a bad, I could perhaps, you know, manifest, think, overthink. Mm. Everyone actually know a lot of people overthink, but now boxing's that thing. Right? As soon as I left work, I strike to the gym and then I'm like, I'm in the moment, yeah. I'm in the gym, I'm coaching or whatever. So I think boxing, boxing is really, really good for that. I suppose also about staying busy. 
yeah, from, one, from straight to the next one, you you know, you 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 don't get time to overthink anything, do you? Because yeah. you're already on to the next thing. And you've only got to ask my wife about me not being busy. <laughs> just call you go to the gym. <laughs> you do my head in, pacing up and down the house and this and that. Um, but yeah, so I, I agree, Kev. I think he's given me in that way. It's, it's helped me a lot with with my time during the fire service. Well, probably more than I'd like to admit or or, or even realise. And if you know what you um, you saying that has probably only just resonated with me that I just took I just took it for granted. Mm. We lost takes a lot of dedication to that, doesn't it? Finish it because no doubt it's it's hard work in the fire service, you know. Um, to, so to go from that to go, I've got to go coaching as well now, which is also can be hard on your body, hard on you know. It must also took a lot of yeah. lot of mental strength to go. Actually, I'm going to be consistent and keep going. Yeah, well, sure, if you hear Pete, uh, Pete on next, he'll say I'm just a big dosser. <laughs> my service, I've done, you've done fuck all. He keeps saying, you've done fuck all again today, I've gone on this and that, because he grafts, <laughs> didn't he? Uh, but yeah, there's, there's times where, like, in the fire, you're like, it, it, it can be a little bit boring and monotonous, and you do the same old, same old, but obviously, you never know when it can change, like, in a second. And, you know, luckily for me, I say luckily, and I, I feel bad when I say luckily because luckily I was busy, uh, and in my role I was, I was I was busy in my role, but that's always unlucky. I was looking for someone else. Unlucky for somebody else. Mm, yeah. So every time I used to go out on blues, I'm thinking that's somebody's misfortune or, or mm. something. So I, I I was always wary of that. And when you get in there, <clears throat> it's often the worst of tales, isn't it? Someone's lost the house. Someone's had an accident. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And and the role I was I was in at the end, the last you know six seven years, like the role I was in, I was responding from home. Um, and my role, I would literally go to any fatality, mm. any incident of serious, you know, any serious incident. So every time I got the phone call, it was you know it's it's pretty decent. But you just dreaded the phone ringing. You just get used to it and like. You know, we want two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. Um, and where I was located, where I live, there was only me in my command group. We had a command group of six, you'd cover the whole of the Midlands. And I had the bigger chunk of Black Country, Birmingham. Mm. So I was constantly, one well, day we've got a job for you. Like, oh, okay. I'll be coming back in the car, down again, out again. Um, yeah, and some of the some of the things you get to, you, you the worst part of sort of you know what I mean you go there and there's people mangled in cars or mm. you know house fires you know perished in house fires and you gotta go I was saying early didn't you you gotta walk over bodies and try and find a cause with the, you know the FIPS officer and stuff like that. Um yeah so I saw the worst of of, of the things um then you go back and you go back into bed wake up seven eight o'clock in the morning knackered you have to go back to work back to the station to do some, you know the station stuff um how do you do that though i can't imagine like even sleeping after seeing something like that you know how do you how would you switch off from that is it just something well, you yeah, kind of done and you yeah just... i mean you are offered counseling but the role i was in again was really weird so i'd go we'd, we'd get this incident and there'd be you know a fatality or whatever and the first thing I'd do is to the crews, right, 
anybody want any uh, post-incident diffusion or critical incident debrief if it's really bad da, 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 da. you offer the crews this chance for them to go back on station have a cup of tea somebody would meet them on station have a good rattle with them they're trained up obviously and then you know they diffuse it um but then i'll just go back in my car and go home i've never part or offered any of that sort of stuff so my role i'd be offering it but then i'll just be tipping back to the car going back into the bed and just go, if you know what, I'm like, yeah, get me another two, three hours in because my alarm's going off at seven because I'm back in at work mm. and then go to work. So our role was often overlooked, I think, at times. Um, you know, you'd offer it, but you wasn't offered it. Then then again, one of your colleagues would go, you, you had that fatality, you'd ring up, you don't want to chat. But yeah, blokes were like, no, I'm all right, I'm all right. Um, you were saying that when you first started, it happening the next night, you'd all go out and debrief, then the pub. The old days, mate, you know, there's a lot to be said. Um, people keep going on about, yeah, 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 you, you know, your dinosaurs, this and that, they used to call you dinosaurs. But when I, when I first joined up, you'd have a fatality. As soon as you finish shift, you'd be out, down the pub, four or five beers, taking the piss out of everybody, mm. each other, having a laugh, talking about the job, having a laugh and, you know, the one just winding six, down, isn't yeah, it? and the one with the sixth sense of humour will say something, and you're like, Ooh, too soon, and all that. But it was just the way, and you know what? No malice, yeah, it was no it's malice. I think it was just debriefed. the way, just sort of like debriefed and diffused yeah. and got, got over stuff. But obviously, then that all, as the generations have changed, watches have changed, and that sort of attitude and, and the watches don't tend to do that anymore. Or I found, you know, they don't seem to do that as much um and i was saying earlier one oh you know you go around a mess table and it, you know 10 15 years ago people would be there with a cup of tea having a rattle laughing and joking with each other you go around a mess table now they're all like that individual on the phones and all that and you're like that that's in everything you'd always say like i'm coming around put the kettle on do you want to brew now you send a message, don't you? You yeah, send anything. Where's the the art of a conversation? It's all right on the phone, but I'm coming round. Yeah. You know, we're meeting. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll yeah. Put put the kettle on. As human beings, and we all tasted this in the lockdown when we missed people. Yeah. If the biggest introvert missed seeing the mate or seeing mom or seeing, you know what I mean? Yeah. So when you can sit down there and you know when you read someone's body, going, "Are you all right?" Yeah, and you go, you ain't all right, son, yeah. or you ain't all right, Bab, or... Yeah, 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 And we need that, don't we, as people? Yeah. I, I, I think I'm very strong on emotional intelligence. Yeah. Whether it's because I've done the time in the Navy and the fire and, and, and my role I've had, you know, you go on station and you... I would, I'd, I'd know, even in the gym, they're, they're yeah, coming yeah. I know someone's had a shit day, and I go, what's the matter with you? Or, you know, on station, I go... Are you okay? And they go, yeah, I'm good. No, are oh, you okay? Go and have a chat, go have mm -hmm. a coffee. You know, get in the office, we'd have a cup of tea and have a chat and we'd talk about them and the family and stuff. And then before you know it, um, disclosing stuff, this, that, that, that. And you're like, I knew you was something, there, there was something going on. Yeah. Um, but that's just through that, that body language, like you said, mm. you know, read the room, read the person. Mm. You need that as a coach, don't you? Because as a coach, 
you're a counselor, you're a dad, you're a vicar, you're a, yeah, yeah. you know, you, you, you're everything to that boxer. You need that emotional intelligence, don't you? And that's why you're a great coach was, you know, good old friend. But you, you can see a great coach when he's got boxers who follow him to hell on a whim, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. you know, because once you're in that corner or in that change room, they're entrusting you with everything. I think yeah. that's the case. You see it a lot in the corner, don't you? You see some coaches who speak to that uh, every kid the same way. But the, the best coaches adapt what they do to, yeah, yeah. to that kid. And yeah. you've learned that through the fire, through... I just I think some people have got a gift, haven't they? I, you know, I've, as soon as I left school, I was fascinated in leadership. Mm. You know, they join the forces, and you, you leadership's big in the forces, in it, and the fire service leadership. And, you know, I've seen some good leadership, and I've seen some atrocious, yeah. and yeah. more of the bad than the good you know and I, I try and think why are they good leaders what's their you know what's their traits and stuff and i try and pick up and you couldn't copy because you are what you are i think mm. um but i do think that my type of leadership was more people-centered mm. you know I, would, I was more i was as a happy you know it's the chief and the cook coming to the station at the same time you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go winning over to Chief and go, mm. oh, I'll oh, oh, get this, that, that. I'm, you know, the cook, how are you doing, Ed? A cup of tea? Yeah. Put the kettle on. All right, gaffer. How are you doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I just, I, I think a lot of it is people don't know the difference between leadership and a boss as well. In terms of, if you're a leader, you're leading that, that force, you're leading yeah, those yeah. people. Uh, and my, you're not over them shouting at them, you're showing them the way. So my mantra is to be a leader is not to be the best, to me, or to be the best leader. It was to bring the best out in people, yeah. or to be the best person for, for you know for them to develop and, and and be the best they can be. Um, never, never about me. Always about you know the watches and and and, and the. Fire I think it's recognised as well. There's other people that are better at certain things within what sets. you do. Yeah. yeah. So you 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 point them in the in that that direction. Yeah. Instead of you know trying to take all it yourself and yeah that way. I remember I did one of my first, they put me in an investigation. I used to hate investigations. I was like, oh, fuck. You know, somebody had done something, oh, this investigation with somebody, the first one. And they said, you got to do all this fact finding, da 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 da. You got, then you got to write a report. And it's so not me. I was like, God, just give me a bollocking. <laughs> Get it done. And you know what I mean? I was one of them. I've put this report in, and the, the HR woman, bless her, or people support, they call them now, just. Just laughed. And it was. I went, this is like probably the worst report I've ever seen in my life. I went, don't put me on them then. I said, you're quiet. Oh, that ain't me. I I wanted to sit in front of computers and do, do you know what I mean? I think I had to do more and more as it, as it went on. But I, I was, I think I was the last person that asked to do an investigation um, because it was more about the report than actual, you know, the fact finding. But I was, I was more of, I was more of, not a door coming right you've been a twat yeah but not that's such a twat that i need to discipline you but mm. just stop being a twat yeah and i found that worked mm. and the amount of people i had in and say mate stop will you stop being a twat stronger words than that sometimes yeah and they go are you going to stick me on a discipline i'm like well no mm. this is between me and you and the other person and if you've apologized and they're happy yeah, let's leave it there. Let's leave it there. But in the world better with just a bit of common sense like that. 
Mm. You're not going to get in trouble. You will, Nick, if I have to do it again, but this is your one chance. Yeah. Learn from it. It goes a long way, doesn't it? As respect and is in education. I was unaware what I've done wrong. You've pointed out, I'll do better. Yeah. Yeah. But unfortunately, you've got people who, like, they see everything as a, a badge or, you know, for the next rank and this thing. Mm. So people just just do what they've got to do, very sort of, you know, black and white and Mr. Corporate or Mrs. Corporate and that 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 were my style. Um, and I think that pissed a lot of people off, if I'm being honest, mm. above me and, and around me. Um, but that's just, just the way I was. And I found that when I left January, when I had my leaving due, I had two leaving dues. I never had a leaving due with my peers. I had two leaving dues and 99% of them was firefighters and it was rammed. Mm. And I was chuffed with that. Mm. Yeah. Got the people who counted. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't have been no happier. Because how many years were you in the service? 27, just shy. Because I, I did five and a bit in the Navy and they equate it. Don't know they create it give me three years and 100 not many days so they took that off my title for the 30 years uh, which optimum then was like january just gone was my optimum and if i have stayed on any longer um, all your pension starts depreciating and stuff like that so plus i was ready to go anyway i'd had enough the last well i say that the last 18 months because i got moved to highgate from warsaw because i was not a bad boy, but I wouldn't conform. Um, I wasn't a yes man. Mm. I challenge. Um, I don't yeah. know why people are scared of that. I don't, well, that's how we like challenge, but you challenge, and then they go, well, oh, oh, you call to this, we're moving you to high gate from Warsaw. Oh, oh that'll be a, a bummer for you. Guess what? It was the best 80 months in my fire service career in terms of it's a busy station, so I like being busy. So that was great. I loved it. Getting to and from was a bit of a mm. jaunt like, but, you know, I put, I put up with that. And I, I really enjoyed that. But prior to that, COVID, for me, COVID destroyed the fire service for me. In what sense? Everyone went, it's all teams, everyone laptops, you can't go on station, you can't do this, you can't do that. I can only respond, which was great, because I was quite busy, but I wanted to go and see the crews and this and that. Yeah. And, you know, when I started lacking a little bit. I was the one I was on station pretty much every day. More supposed to be I was like, I'm going on station. Um I just need to be I need to be round round people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I feed I feed off that. And I, I was saying then that this eighteen months, two years of this COVID is gonna unearth a lot of problems in the fire service because no one's training. You could you know training because of the you, you know what, have all the things you think would Stop fire service, you wouldn't think could be one of them, would you? So in terms of anything, wouldn't you stop operations? Um, yeah, but in terms of any, you yeah. think all that kind of needs to stay up to date and be relevant. Well, can no you tick boxes stations. over here? But over here, you, you, you're going, well, actually, we don't have to worry about training because of COVID. Well, surely, surely, you're still in my head, but it's, it's still it's, all that and space space still applied on the, on the fire station. You know, there's, there's lines every so many meters and stuff, and you have to wash your hands and. You know what? But you're going, you're going into fires. I know, but we had temperature checks, and I was the one, like, you know, firefighters, like the one first first day of the Adam, I was at Warsaw, one of the firefighters was like, put his head on the radiator. 
<laughs> come on. And then I've got pinged this photo of this firefighter like, with a big red thing like that. And you, can you sort this out? I'm like, oh, I rang up because he gave there. Yeah, he goes, Kev, give a twat. Yeah. <laughs> I said, that goes to the area commander and everything. They're all looking at that. I said, Said, what, what you do that for? He said, I just wanted to check what temperature my bro would come up with. <laughs> I said, but no, you've got to go on. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, right. but, but it, yeah, and then during them COVID, everything was done on teams. And then everyone was like, you know, I was, I was saying, like, people grinning themselves to death. Oh, yeah, great job. Fantastic. This, that, that. And I'm like, man, this is just pants. Mm. I couldn't do this. If I knew I was going to do this for another two, three years, I, I don't, I might resign early. Yeah. I couldn't do it. Um, but then we come out of COVID. Um, it did for me on earth a lot of problems that the fire sort of like got away with during COVID. Um, but then, yet yeah, I got moved because, believe it or not, I had an opinion on the Black Country flag. Yeah. I agreed with it. Yeah. And I'll do. Somebody challenged I've it. I've got one there. Mate, <laughs> somebody challenged it, right? So I challenged them, she's my gaffer by the way. Said she said I was to reconsider whether I thought I was racist and all that. Oh, what a so I told her all about the history of the black country flag because she wasn't from from black country, she was from I don't know, somewhere else shop, I don't know where she was from. Um so I get her the history of it. And then I went and said, oh, I'm gonna get me, me a cup of tea out my black country mug, mm. um, which she took offence to. Next thing I know, I'm like, you're gonna, I'm gonna think about putting on discipline. I think discipline. Mm. So I called her every name under the sun. Um, and then about two days later, he rang me. I'm moving to Highgate. I said, you can move me to Timbuktu as long as I'd have to work with you. I bothered. Mm. Um, so then I went to Highgate, and actually did me a favour because I didn't have to work mm. with Anne. I loved it. Um, so again, sometimes things happen. Yeah, um, I think um, there's there should be no bias towards anything within the police, ambulance, or or um, fire service. They're trying to make it a political be, statement. Yeah, that's what I mean. It shouldn't be about political statements. Uh, and I know, I know, our chief is a black country bloke at the time, and I think secretly he's thinking, yeah, I've got to look, I've got to be impartial. I've got to look. He at just that. don't want the headache. Yeah, he's thinking, what, why, and then. You know, about two weeks late, it was like, hey, we support the Black Country flag. Westminster Fire Service has no issues flying the Black Country flag. Hallelujah. And they're talking to a bloke who's from a boxing club with every nationality. That's what I'm <laughs> trying to explain when I said you would think about you being racist. Are you thinking? I'm like, what? Yeah. But it's people wanting to have a row about, don't you find out the world now? People want to have a route. People don't have discussions anymore. They will fight to the bitter death about stuff they have no idea about. Yeah. And you so think they've got to have an opinion. Yeah. Well, you think the first thing she'd have done or here, you'd have researched a black country flag. Well, they don't, people don't, they, they just, they get a bee in the bonnet and then they spurt out and then they well, dig themselves that I mean, that's, that's, she's probably just heard something about it, hasn't she? She's not even, it, it's not even like I've, I've looked into this. It's, well, this bloke down here or this newspaper article says this, so it, it's true. So now I'm going to challenge well, it. just heard the name Black Country. Exactly. And they've, they've made it was about the chains, wasn't it? You know, mm -hmm. the slavery and stuff. And I was like, okay, That's I what get that. And, you know, we've got chains 
opening the engine house doors that we changed all them to roll the titanic the ti i said and, and the chains we did the men did was for the titanic was the big chains yeah i said so the small chains which was used with slaves which you can't get away from me yeah. was done by women so now you're saying that all black country women are racist yeah if you're like oh i'm not saying i'm saying well you am really if you're going into the sort of that detail and you know what i mean i said i can argue all day with you um, Ultimately, you've got to face the history of everything as well, haven't you? Exactly. It is what it is. The exactly. furnace used to make our glass. And these, are the, these <laughs> are the black country women that have prob that probably forged um, equal rights mm. in the country. Yeah. I think they were one of the first in the whole of the country, weren't they? And, and, and that was because the men was getting paid for the weight of the chain, so they was doing the big chains. So the women had to do the smaller chains, had to work harder to do more. To, to make more money. Yeah. So that's how that come about as well. So I educated on that. But mm. some people don't want the truth because their opinion overrides anything else. And you're thinking, well, sometimes, once again, agree to disagree, isn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Why have we got to make this into a battle where it could just be, go away or let's yeah, yeah. move on from something else? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll put on a development plan for that. But then as soon as I moved to Highgate, my new gaffer, I told him and he went, closed it. Yeah. Yeah, no, none of that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you had some great times in the forest service. I mean, but when you were telling me off camera about some of the horrors that you had to go through, as well as everything that was going on outside the service, and there wasn't the backing of these organisations on face value. If you need us, we're there for you. But a lot of the time, the, the promises aren't backed up, are they? No, like I mentioned, um, my last month, I was actually off. On restricted duties not operational um personal circumstances which, which you know which you might go on to um and i was getting online counseling so i was getting counseling i had two or three and i think it was a week before i was retired i had i had, I had a phone call saying the counselor did it had a good good chat don't get me wrong she you know she was great and at the end of it she went right i'm gonna have to book you for three four or five more of these um definitely because I can tell you're still, still sort of struggling. And I was like, yeah, fine. I said, but you might have a bit of a problem because I'll retire next week. And they're like, oh, that's, that'll be fine. I'll have a word with, 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 with the gaffer, uh, gaffer. I said, I've got your number. I said, then I'll, I'll sort it. I said, I've got to sort it through, through the gaffer and that, and then we'll give you a ring back. He's pretty much, he's not our employee. Done. Never mind Done. the thirty years. Was that? Uh, were you getting counselling about PTSD at that point? Was that? No. So I've never been um, diagnosed with PTSD. Um, it'd be interesting if I went to see a professional now and spoke to them whether they could link anything to some sort of PTSD. Mm. I probably think they probably could. Yeah. Um, but no, I've never diagnosed. But I. Did see a I'd see a council twice in two different periods um, through pretty much the same same thing, which was which was home based thing, but obviously work on top of that and the stress stress that the role I was under, particularly I said the last last two years, the, my role the stress was through the roof because it was just. We need this report by twelve o'clock today. That's at nine o'clock on the morning. And you got yeah. people arguing about flags. <laughs> you know what I mean. You got the and we want this. And I'll give you that report last week. Yeah, but we want it again. It's just 
He was like, literally, continually, continually, we want reassurance. He kept saying, we need reassurance on this, we need reassurance on this, we need reassurance on this. And it's like ground, ground, Groundhog Day. Mm. And it's like, everybody's like, oh. And because, yeah, I made some figures up loads of times. I thought, you know what? Bum, 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 bum. There you go. No one questioned him once because no one looked at him. Yeah. And that's the nature of it. Why are we fixating on nonsense when the real. When there's a job to do. When there's a job to do, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's a tough old job. Eh? It was, you know. What I mean, you'll you have to be earlier. So some days you do nothing, but then other days you're seeing the stuff that meaning would have nightmares about. You know what I mean? And it's. I remember my first show. was a couple of weeks in the job. Was a guy stepped out in front of an Arctic lorry, mm. and at that time I was the one that sprung out to pick the brains up off hell. the floor. I'll never forget it, and yeah. I'll never forget his face. Believe it or not, he had like an exit wound out his head and his face was like, you know, like one of these masks. Yeah. Ugh. I'll never forget it because my first one, I can still see it now. And I'll never forget that as I'm going, picking some brains up, this other rookie um, police officer, she's a woman, she's going, we've got the best job. Everyone's going, oh yeah. Some guy was walking on the path with a, a staffy. And then I was just about stuff. He went and had some of the. Oh, oh my God. God. Oh, God. I was going on. I was going, oh, no. <laughs> then called him the bloody path off that day because he's on the road. Yeah. But he'd have gone onto the path. Can you imagine? Gone onto the path and I'm like, my wife. You know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> and then, but then obviously, if you go back to station and they're like, anyone want to scramble egg on toast? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I oh, know I probably shouldn't be saying this. But that's their way. Our that's way, way and I'm like, yeah. Boop, no, <laughs> no, I couldn't have scrambled. I couldn't have scrambled egg on toast then for about six months. How old was you? Ish. Well, I was, I was like 26, 27. But it's still. Yeah, but it's my first, like. Yeah, I, don't think, first I don't job. think it matters what age you're acting. That's your first, first job, kind of like, thing, after, yeah. You know, a few weeks at my first fatality. And I remember changing earlier, my last one, my last fatality. Um, the, the nastiest one was a, an house fire, a woman perished. Um, and then oh, I had to go in and, and sort the cause out. And I said to you, you know, the, the, the FIPS officer says, do you want to come in and have a look around? I said, can you see the, what's the cause? He went, yeah, 100% this. I went, do I need to come then? He went, no, I went, I'm happy. Then I don't see another dead body. Mm. I'd already walked over like six of the dogs, which was bad enough. Mm. Um, I've had enough. I've, I've, I've had enough. That was God's honest truth. And he went, that's really refreshing to hear that. He said, because you don't need to see it. Why would you need to see it? Mm, yeah. And I'd say to the crew, if no one needs to go in and see, that, you don't have to go to in. Stay outside, when you need one or two people to, to, mm. you have to empty the room out, clean the room, and make sure that there's no fire spread and that. I said, so if you don't want to see it, work it, that you don't you don't need to see it. I was big on that. I'd say that to a lot of the crews. Um, I only need two people. Because I had an RTC once as well, not far from here. Some young girl had rolled under the car and it was oh, nasty. We had to get a that to the police had to do the investigation, so they have to leave him in situ. So then we have to crew call the crew back out to get her out. We'll get them out and put them in a bag or whatever. And I said, Then this is going to be an easy one. I'm going to go roll the car a bit. So I only need one or two. I don't need four or five. So if there's any, you know, two or three, we don't need to see, you know, fair play. A couple went, I don't need to see. Yeah, I like that's good because when's that one person? that trigger yeah you know could remind them of the mom the sister 